Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, a quick warning, there may be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we'll do our best to warn you that they're coming. This week, we're so desperate to avoid cutting our own hair that we watched Tim, which is basically a precursor to The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, if Ernie Hudson's character was played by a young Mel Gibson, and the mom stooped in it. We also have thoughts on the season premiere of HBO's new show, Run. As always, what else are you going to do? Go rate and review us. None of you have done it. It's the pandemic. It's the apocalypse. Can you please just go out and tell us what you think of us? I'd really appreciate it. Three coughs up. Uh, Sorry, bad joke. Oh, that was bad. We promise not to cough on you if you give us five stars. What'd you do in pop culture this week, Justin? Uh, I know. Um, Besides bad jokes. I have been catching up with Better Things Season 4. Pamela Adlin uh, is back with her very sweet, very um, sort of formless, shapeless uh, show about her life as a child actor and her crazy kids and her crazy friendships. Uh, This show is... It's still solid. I still love it. I love her. She's such a fun presence. I do think this season, it is sort of showing its um, age a little bit, where it's starting to feel like there's not really enough happening plot-wise. Like, it's so sort of rambling that it's starting to feel a little, like, too shapeless for me. Um, But one thing I'm a little disappointed in is one of the characters, um, one of the kids' characters was sort of leaning towards, uh, at the very least, being sort of non-binary, maybe trans, and that was something that happened very early on, I think even in the first season. And the show, they didn't drop it, but it does feel like they pulled back from it a little bit. Um, I don't know. I want to see where it winds up. I mean, I'm hoping that it's this kid is non-binary, but it almost feels a little like my my hackles are up about like, oh, is this like a, this is a phase for a, a kid? Um, is that what she's doing here? Because if, if so, that's a little disappointing. Um, but it's still very sweet. It is so much about kind of chosen family. Uh, the mother is... The mother is really shining this season. She's just a monster. She lives like down the street and is constantly over at their house pestering everybody. And she's pretty hilarious. Um, so better things. I'm happier around. I'm, it's fun to watch. It is very weird watching things like this in the apocalypse. Like it feels very like, you know, rich Hollywood actors sort of navel gazy at its worst. And, uh, you know, even though she sort of pokes fun at that, it just, I just, can't stop thinking about how once we get through right? this, how these kinds of things are going to feel very tone deaf, but so many of them were already in the pipeline that we're just sort of watching them now and they're sort of escape and you want to go back to sort of feelings of normalcy, but you're also like, what? <laughs> it's just a weird mix of feelings. The, uh, the production of Stephen Sondheim's musical from, I believe, 1981 of Merrily We Roll Along, which was coming right off the heels of Sweeney Todd, which was obviously a very, very big hit. Um, 
he and Hal Prince were sort of like the hottest things on Broadway. They have this idea for this show that, for those who don't know it, is um, about a bunch of uh, adults played by kids, like young sort of adults, and it goes backwards in time, and it's basically the whole point of it is to show how jaded and you know, bitter these kids get over time and what they were like at their, you know, origins and how pure and wonderful it was. Um, it is a really fascinating documentary. I, describing this, I'm sure Fanny's over there thinking right now, why did you watch this? Um, I started it basically wanting to see if something Dave and I could watch and he was busy and I kept watching it and I kept watching it and I finished the whole way through is a really fascinating documentary. I describing this, I'm sure Fanny's over there thinking right now, why did you watch this? Um, yeah. I kind of want to kill myself. <laughs> I started it basically wanting to see if something Dave and I could watch and he was busy and I kept watching it and I kept watching it and I finished the whole way through. It's um, directed by the actor Lonnie Price, who was um, one of the the kids in the show. Um, It's a really sweet documentary. It sort of reminds me a little bit of like um, Encore, which we've talked about a bit on this podcast on uh, Apple plus or whatever, Apple TV. Um, in that it's about these kids that thought their entire lives were going to change and their worlds opened up and it sort of follows all of these actors, many of whom ended up not really doing theater. Like this one woman went on to be a super renowned journalist working for like all sorts of people. Um, Other guys kind of like fought their whole way through the careers and tried to sort of stay in acting and did a couple things, but never really had the same success. Um, It's about, it's funny, it becomes this sort of meta thing where it's sort of about these people that sort of almost suffer the same thing that their characters did in the show. Um, okay. But they're sort of finding optimism at the end of it. Um, it's a lot of fun just for, I don't know, like I, I knew a little bit about the show. I know a couple of the songs. Um, it is definitely not Sondheim's finest moment. Oh, I've buried the lead here. The show completely flopped and closed after 16 performances. So that I is, sort of figured that from the yeah, title. That is uh, the but... worst thing, um, is that everybody thought this was going to be a no-brainer and it ended up getting trashed. Um, it sort of had a cult comeback, which I think is a bit misplaced. It's sort of the worst of that 70s, um, you know, I don't know kind of like i don't know the whole sort of godspelly that pippin all that kind of 70s musical stuff that i don't care for is very much present in this and i like sondheim some of the time this is the sondheim stuff that i don't really like um but it it transcends that and really becomes about these these actors who are these kids and how much they love sondheim and what a great experience they had despite all of it um it made me cry a couple times (laughs) it does remind me of encore because there's a few breakdowns where people just really talk about how much it meant to them and how how kind of they're disappointed in their lives but also happy and and sort of just resolved to their lives it's i don't know I, i really liked it more than i thought i was going to um, I also watched everything makes me cry right now. So yeah. that's not a bar that works for me, but that is true. Uh, what something that did not make me cry, uh, was Kim's convenience. Um, it's a show. I don't even know. It's based on somebody's, uh, like stage play It is um, written by a Korean man, I believe who 
uh, is basically writing the story about running a, a convenience store in Toronto, um, dealing with kind of racism and sort of just the changing sort of face of Toronto. Um, it's kind of funny. It's on Hulu. If you got nothing to do, it's not a bad like time passer for uh, our coronaverse. Uh, but it's not that funny. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like, hmm, how bored am I? <laughs> I may continue it. I may not. We'll see. It was it was more sweet than funny, which sometimes that's all you want. Uh, finally, I wanted to talk about uh, Tau and the Get Down, Stay Down. Yet another terrible band name, keeping it real in the coronavirus. It's not good. Um, Tau, I don't actually know her real name, uh, but she is um, from San Francisco, has been around apparently for like 10 years, worked a lot with uh, Tune Yards, who I've talked a lot about, I think, on the podcast. Um, just this really interesting mix of sounds. Um, she's made this video uh, for a new song called Phenom. Go watch the video immediately after this. Uh, Fanny, have you seen this at all? I'll have to send this. No. Um, she basically has her new album coming out. It is, um, you know, right in the middle of this thing. And she kind of was like, okay, I'm going to release it anyways. And she wanted to promote it with a video. So, of course, it's hard to make a video right now. And so she did an entire choreographed video on Zoom where everybody's sort of in panels in Zoom. Oh, my gosh. This whole choreographed thing, which involves people like pouring water from one square in the grid down to the next one. And it's beautiful. It's funny. It's lovely. I wanted to play a tiny little bit of the song. um, But seriously, just go watch the video. We'll post a link to it on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, This is Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down with Phenom. Sip on joy, the purest drink. Pouring water from one square of the grid down to the next one. It's beautiful, it's funny, it's lovely. I wanted to play a tiny little bit of the song. Um, but seriously, just go watch the video. We'll post a link to it on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, this is Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down with Phenom. And speaking of Zoom, I also wanted to give a little shout out to Saturday Night Live. That's the other thing that I forgot. Uh, they did, I, you know, we always bag on Saturday Night Live. Not funny. Haven't enjoyed it for ages. They did a um, all Zoom uh, episode where they wrote and kind of directed everything from their own apartments. Um, did you see this at all? No. It's a mixed bag. It's very hampered by kind of the limitations of obviously doing it on Zoom. There's a very, very funny sketch about a company doing their first Zoom uh, effort and A.D. Uh. Bryant and um, oh my god, what's her name? The other person who's always the star of everything on there. Kate McKinnon. Uh, they basically play two older women who are receptionists at the company that can't quite figure out zoom and do everything from like talking too close to the camera so that it's just their mouths to like pointing it at their boobs to like going in the bathroom and pulling down their pants without really getting the cameras on um yeah that actually happened <laughs> i don't very... know who the co-worker that shared that 
I don't, I, I would never talk to them again. I, I understand <laughs> that everybody feels real bad for the person that did that on the Zoom meeting in the first three days of quarantine, but somebody shared that video and you have to go back and work with that person again and they're going to spit in your coffee. I don't think I realized that was based on a real no, thing. No, that's so. a real thing. I will find it and send it to you. It's a real honest to God thing. Oh, yep. Perfect. I'm going to go watch that. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, that's all I got. What do you have? I watched another episode of Dirty Money on Netflix. I shouldn't do this. Um, I'm already mad at capitalism and the patriarchy and all of that through this. Um, so I watched an episode on predatory lending, payday loans, and Scott Tucker, who um, used the $400 million that he took from people who didn't have a pot to piss in and fleeced them out of money to become a NASCAR superstar and is now going to spend 16 years in jail. But um, look, this is a good series, but it I can't watch more than one of them without getting real, real mad. Um, the next episode apparently is about some sort of maple syrup heist in Canada, and that seems like maybe it won't make me mad, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched Uncut Gems. That's not a relaxing movie. <laughs> it's about all I have to say about it. It's perfectly finely acted. I God, I love Lakeith Stanfield. He's the most natural actor I have seen in years. He is so good. Uh, and Dina Menzel is great in this. Eric Lagosian is always fun. Judd Hirsch has like, he's an under five in this. I don't know why they even bothered. Sandler is fine. You know, I mean, we all know that he's actually can be a decent actor, but the movie is stress inducing and full of people making really stupid decisions that just made me want to tear my hair out. Um, but Did I saw see it. his earlier movie uh, the director's earlier movie. Good times. I can't remember. I have not seen it. I, I know yeah. that it has good buzz and that it is supposed to be very good and also stress inducing. Very stress inducing. So it's like everything I've yeah. heard about on Get Gems, which I haven't seen yet. It sort of sounds like it's also good. Yeah. Yeah, I spent 99 cents to rent it. So it was a good, it was 99 cents well spent. I'm not sorry I saw it, but I thought I might have an ulcer by the end of it. So that's the thing that happened. Okay. Um, I found a book that I can read. It's called Rules for Being a Girl. It is uh, by Candace Bushnell of uh, Sex and the City fame. And she's writing, uh, writing with a New York Times bestseller of i think nonfiction named uh i've never heard of her but katie kokungo um it's an it's ya but it seems to be on the kind of the me too tip um senior is accuses a, a, her english teacher who's young and hip and cool and rich and good looking comes on to her and when she says it you know she turns him in Nobody believes her. So um, it's good. I am enjoying it. Um, it is just mindless enough that I am able to continue reading, and I'm happy for that. So it's not fabulously written, but I do think it's an interesting that they're spinning this and getting it out into the world of young girls, and I'm, I'm fine with that. Um uh, and on the note, I have something nice to say about uh, Lady Gaga, who was on, I can't remember for some reason, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. I have to look up the actual quote here. And, uh, you know, basically on the we're all in this together that the celebrities are starting to get a hard time about, which I get. She uh, said, um, 
Well, I think the sentiment is nice. I also think that the fight I'm in or the fight uh, that you're in, right, is very different than the fight of a woman that is in perhaps an abusive relationship and has a child and lost her job and can't feed her kid and can't feed herself and also can't get the help that she needs because she's in a violent situation. Uh, Gaga said, well, video chatting with uh, Fallon on Monday. I grabbed this from, I think, TMZ. I've been really focusing uh, a lot of energy on figuring out how I can help because we all want to end the, uh, this to end. But by being in this together, that's a tricky statement. I want to honor that that woman is not in the same fight that I am in. Oh, and good for you, Gaga. I just thought that was super awesome of her to say, look, yeah, we're all in this world together, but I have a privilege that a lot of celebrities aren't acknowledging right now. And I want to acknowledge that and say, I want to figure out how to make what I have help that person. And I, I appreciated that. And she's good for the checks. She writes. Oh yeah, she is. She will, she will turn around. She's kind of fall through on that. But I thought that was, you know, sort of calling Fallon on his, Oh, come on. We're all, you know, look, I'm in my house. And she's like, no, dude, I don't think so. You know? Yeah. (laughs) So that's awesome. I, I want to give her ups when I can because totally. I don't always like her music or her movies. So I think she's a force <laughs> of good in the world. I do too. I, I, I do like, too. I wish her art was better, but I'll take her yeah, exactly personality. Exactly. Course. So I I agree one hundred percent. So shall we get on to our two things that we watched? Let's do it. Or one thing that I watched. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Run first. It's on HBO. It's a half an hour. It does not take a lot of your time. We all know how I love me a half an hour show. Uh, This is Merritt Weaver and Domhnall Gleeson. They play ex-lovers who activate a long-standing escape plan through text. Um, That's about all we know for now. This is produced and will co-star Phoebe Waller-Bridge eventually and also Archie Punjabi. I'm very excited about her being in this as well. Who's that? And uh, she was on a a show called The Good Wife, which I know you did not watch, but she was, uh, she's in a very famous feud with Juliana uh, Margulies and she's super awesome. And I'm excited for her to show up in this very much like I'm excited for Phoebe to show up. So what'd you think, Justin? I actually want to throw this to you because I okay. want to know your thoughts first and I want to just, yeah, hear your thoughts. So you, you okay, I first. have a feeling because you're being so cagey that we're going to disagree on this. Uh, <laughs> I actually really liked this. I think that good things happen when you take two good actors and put them in a small space with good lines. Um, do I think the strength of the first episode was what I wanted it to be? Probably not. Do I think that they are going to expand this into something that could be really great? Yes, I do. And so I am more excited for what to come than for what I saw. Um, aside from Merritt Weaver and Domino Gleason both being awesome actors and the writing being very sharp. Um, aside from that, there wasn't a lot in here. It was mostly set up. It was very piloty, but I did like it. I did think that they can turn this into something and I have high hopes for it. What did you think? Okay. So your instincts were right, but I, know. I you know, <laughs> I didn't like hate it or something, but I feel like maybe we've talked about how much we like the half hour format. And for <laughs> me, an hour intro to this, at least for the first episode. Really yeah. They should have dropped two. Would have helped me because I just was like, I don't know what this is. Like, it, it just feels very, like tonally all over the place and in a way that like 
Fleabag worked um, sort of with that tone shift. This for me, I was just like rooting for it. I was excited and I just 15 minutes into it. I was like, what is this? I don't like these people and I don't really care what their story is. Um, And that's a shame because I really like both of them. Um, I just don't, know what this is about uh i think it's gonna have a culty aspect which again i really like oh i definitely got the feeling that he's a um a, I like he he gives, like a new age guru yeah she was and that's what i mean that, by kind okay. of culty and i think that he's done something and i do think he has many followers and he's somewhat famous and that is a you know yes it has a culty aspect of I, that i'm going to be interested in so i think there was inspirational speaker that's what i was looking for a lot that i didn't buy there i mean grant there were just a, a lot of little dumb plot points like the fact that he basically like they keep just acting like insane people on the train and nobody seems to ever pay any attention to it um, right and also uh just the fact that she at one point uh oh, at the airport she basically like buys that ticket but just like it was it, it's all played for laughs and high satire but it's just like there's no you don't have to get a passport like it just right you, i get that yeah i did like, like the I, I have been in the situation where someone is, I, I loved the part where she's like, just pick one where the woman wouldn't. And I, you know, I got that of, yeah, I don't want to sit in the middle, but also I am in a high stress situation and I'm not making any more choices. So don't put me in the center. And after that, I don't give a fuck. Well, um, I, so the characters themselves, I mean, Merit Weaver's so compelling. Like oh, I am obsessed so with her. Um, but this character is like I mean it is interesting that in that scene she's very indecisive and then later he's like oh you're so decisive and there's obviously some tension with both of them Um, but I just I just I don't know it's like the character arcs of that first episode I did not it just maybe there wasn't enough time. I just did not get. Yeah, that's fair. Doing. Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't. I did not have those feelings, but I see what you mean. And yes, if they had dropped two and given you a little bit more information, that may have been more helpful. Yeah, I don't know because I haven't seen the second one. And I will say that the dialogue did not grab me in the same way that it did for something like Fleabag. Like it felt a little like, oh, this is a little, uh, you know, somebody at NYU doing their first play in New York. Oh, sorry. Like it just was a little reminded me of shows bad, like local theater that I saw in New York in the nineties. Um, I don't know. I will give it one more. Certainly. It's always a stroke of genius to uh, cast uh, Rich Sumner as your obnoxious uh, husband being left behind with the children. So uh, (laughs) at the end, we get a flash of him on the cell phone and it's like, oh, of course, of course, it's Rich Sumner. Who else are you going to cast as the schlubby, probably cheating on you husband that wants you to stay home and wait for his uh, speakers? He's the husband. He's Billy, He's Betty Gelpin's husband on Glow, oh, right. our ex-husband on okay. Glow. He was on Mad Men. He he is the schleppy, you know, I settled for you husband. He is the, I once had an exciting boyfriend and it broke my heart. So now I'm going to marry you and have two kids and be sad in 10 years. He's that guy. I do hope the couple played by the the guy in Devs and that other woman who I know from a million other things but can't remember. Um, I hope they show up again. They I were the know they were so great. I mean, you don't cast those. I mean, they're both 
actors that I've seen before. I don't think you cast those actors to have them not show up again. So I'm hoping because, yeah. yeah. I will have uh, thoughts on devs uh, with the finale next week. We, we can yeah, I'll, I, I'm three behind, so I'll catch up and we can talk about it then. Sounds good. Should we yep. move on to Tim? I mean, I, I'm sort of like, I'll, I'll keep, I'll give this another try. I just you watch it all the way to the end. We're in quarantine. What the hell else are you gonna do? Yeah, let's see what they do in the second one. Yeah, you're gonna watch the whole thing. (laughs) Hush up now. Merritt Weaver's the best. Speaking of hush up, (laughs) and since you won't work, watch Nurse Jackie, which you would love her in. You know what? That is what I should be spending my time doing instead of watching our next topic, Tim. Um, so uh, a little context here. Uh, you know, we did, we did this. Hi mama. Hi mama. <laughs> we watched young Sherlock Holmes, a movie that we both kind of had fond memories of from the eighties last week. Go listen to it. It was fun. It was, the movie was not terrible. This movie, <laughs> movie that Fanny remembers seeing at seven years old. And there's a long running thing of Fanny's mom. We love you, Claudia. Taking her to completely inappropriate movies. Um, I believe you've talked about it on the podcast before. So when we were talking about the movies to watch this week, she said, well, we could do like some of the movies that my mom dragged me to at a too young an age, like Carrie or The Elephant Man or Tim. And I was like, what the hell is Tim? I've never even heard of this movie. Uh, and we know movies. I, you know, I should know this movie. Mel Gibson, what? Okay. I at- want it noted that he chose the movie from the list. Okay. Well, see, because I'd never seen it. So this is we're breaking our rewatch rules a little bit and that I'd never seen this. Now the twist of this is that I've never seen it and watched it the whole way through. Fanny, who nominated it. I didn't nominate it. I gave you a list of movies my mom made me see. Um, all right. Also, I have cyclic vomiting syndrome and I did not feel well this morning. This movie came out in 1979, right after Mad Max. We can only assume that's why it was pushed at all, because Mel Gibson was, you know, the hot new star. Uh, it also stars Lainey Kazan, who I was actually delighted to see was credited first. Um, well, yeah, because Mel Gibson's like 12. I know, it's true. Um, Michael Pate, an Australian actor, directed. It's his only directing credit. Let's keep that in mind. And it is based on a novel by Colleen McCullough, who did the Thornbirds. Um, all of this, I should. I watched done. ten minutes of it. <laughs> okay. And so- by the way, you are earning your my. I, Justin is my mother's most favorite child, so he has now earned it by having to see a crappy ass movie, and only g- once, mind you. You only had to see it once. <laughs> I'm just basically right. I'm just like correcting the thing of being her other, of your sibling, of her other. Most favorite yes. sibling. Yes. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, I've seen Tim. Remember when you took us in 1979? <laughs> um, I'll just start implanting myself in those memories. Um, okay. Why don't you tell me what you remember about Tim? Then tell okay. me what you saw in the first 10 minutes. And then here's what, what I remember. I my memories of it was that it was about a s- simple-minded guy in a black tank top that had a somewhat touching love affair with an older woman. Nothing in the first 10 minutes dissuaded this except that it was slow and boring and I wanted to, to just turn it off immediately. Fair. 
All right. That, that's that's all I got, dude. <laughs> all right. So what do you what else do you think happens in past the ten minutes that you watch? Like what do you remember? Anything? Nope. That's really all you got. I literally <laughs> only remember that I thought he was dim-witted, and that was like sort of the plot was that she wasn't supposed to be sleeping with this dim-witted guy. Like they were trying to hide it because not even because he was so young, but because he was possibly mildly retarded. And that's what they said at the time. And that's so I'm just quoting at the um, time. That's a, right. That's a good segue because, okay, here's where my journey started. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Amazon's little like blurb <laughs> says he is mildly retarded. That is the quote from the Amazon page, which mostly makes me think nobody's like touched the, the metadata for this movie in like, you know, 50 years. <laughs> like they were just like, whatever, grab it from somewhere. No one knows what this movie is and no one's willing to watch it. <laughs> so yes, mildly retarded was the way to describe it on the Amazon page. Um, I feel sort of justified and sort of dirty okay uh. okay so the first scene has um piper laurie very lovely giving a very nice performance as some kind of powerful businesswoman i never quite figured out exactly what she does uh, but she's, she's good very, at that she's very liberated she's a little cold because of course when you're that liberated you have to be a little cold and suffering in your love life yeah um as somebody as her friend puts it um no i'm sorry I think it's that Tim, played by Mel Gibson, in very, very short shorts, jean shorts, like, so short. Very nice gams on that guy. Um, He basically is saying, no, I believe it's the woman. They're all, she has a of us. And they're talking about the dust on her bushes. And that somebody needs to clean the dust on her bushes. I see. Uh, The curtains are definitely not just blue. Um... No, they're gray. They're gray, apparently. <laughs> and they need to be dusted by Mel Gibson. Um, who also, there's a lot of erotic lawn mowing in the Yeah, first I remember the lawn minutes. mowing. Yes, there was Wait. lots of lawn mowing. Okay, you, you remember the lawn mowing? You didn't even make it 10 minutes. You made it like five No, 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 no. There was more in like that swing. <laughs> As a kid, I remember the lots and like it went on and on and on and on. It yeah. really does. And the whole yeah. time I was thinking, oh my God, is he going to run over like a cat <laughs> or something? Like they're playing this out so long that something dramatic must be happening. No, nope. he's just really hot and mowing a lawn. <laughs> really yes. hot and mowing a lawn. Um, it's hot out there. Also, oh, I forgot to mention right off the bat, the font. Because you did see the opening credits. <laughs> what is going on with the font for this, like, the credits <laughs> of this movie? You're upset about the font. <laughs> I mean, Dave had some comments about it basically looking, I don't know, like, I, I, I gotta ask him about it and I'll post it later, but the font is like, it looks like the kind of out of the box, whatever like video editor they had right. back then. Just kind of like, we don't have money for any real credits, so somebody just type this in real quick on whatever Movie Maker Pro. Um, so, yeah, that was special. Um, then, the, then we get to the bar where his father, who's sort of the unsung hero of the movie, I forget the guy's name, pretty good actor, Australian actor, continues to, like, get this guy drunk. Like, Tim is like, oh, I, I believe there's a line, drinks. Well, there's nothing funnier than a drink than a drunk simpleton. Come on. Drinks cheer him up, is the quote that the father <laughs> says. And the movie doesn't have 
any like interrogation of this notion at all that it's just like when you have a mildly retarded hot lawn mowing son get him drunk because that's the best thing you can do also he's very into his son fucking the bomb even though he pretends he doesn't know what's happening he's like super cool with it the whole movie you know that's what he's rooting for um yep the music in this thing is like the weirdest like dramatic i mean again it's the lawnmower scene you're just like what's gonna happen in the next five minutes something crazy because the music makes me think that you know darth vader just like told luke he was his father and you're like no they just decided to go to the beach um it's so bizarre and slow uh there's a scene later on in which mel gibson entertains her um you know with no like meta distance irony whatever by hopping like a kangaroo um up the stairs and she giggles and he turns and says oh that was my kangaroo and she was like oh i know that's that's a scene that happens in the movie. um there's a scene in which he asks her have you ever been abroad and she says i was born in america because it's Piper Laurie, and it's like she's speaking like an American. So, you know, they got to hit these, like, uh, you know, mentally disabled kind of beats as much as they can hit it. Um, what else? Oh, after, um, you know, you see the mother coughing, uh, and you start to worry about her future, because, you know, the music's telling you you should be worrying about something in the future, but you don't know what it is. So when you see the mother cough, you think that's what's happening. He's... She tries to kind of give him a little, you know, the Piper Laurie's tries to give him a little pep talk about kind of just what happens when people get old, resulting in him going, tell me, what's die, Mary? <laughs> Nobody will tell me. So she explains death to him. So, by the way, that's my new, like, conversation stopper. What's die, Mary? Cans. Cans, cans. What's uh, die, Mary? Also, he... Um, in a flirtation scene at the end of it where their, you know, chemistry is starting to boil over as she tucks him into bed like a little boy, he says, night-night. Yeah, that's something that happens. And she uh, presumably goes and masturbates furiously at, in her own bed. I don't know what really happens. But um, finally, the movie ends. The mom and dad are both dead. They are finally free to get married. He manages to, in like literally 30 seconds, convince his sister, who's like obviously like, this woman is a creep and why is she interested in my brother? Um, they, they patch that all up. And the movie fades to blue. <laughs> the credits. I forgot they got married. Is on blue. Oh yeah, they get married at the end. Oh my god! It's the strangest, most jarring. Like I don't know what this movie. It like what is this movie? <laughs> like what? I, I mean, it's I know what it is. It's basically just like porn for housewives, right? Like the Thornbirds. Like oh yeah, uh, it's sort of like soft core without even any of the actual softcore stuff but just sort of like yeah. imagine if a simple book like somebody just like my son except i can fuck him like that's kind of the subtext of this movie honestly yeah. Um, yeah it is creepy it is weird i am shocked that your mom <laughs> took you to see it that i watched all it's like a, almost two hours i watched almost two hours of this movie <laughs> at least twice we saw it at least twice and riffing off the joke that we made up top 
I did cut my hair at the end of it. I was oh, like, well, good. Great. You know what? Like, <laughs> this is not okay for me to watch two hours so of this I'm movie cutting my hair. before I cut my hair. Self-harm. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. If we do this rewatch next week, I'm going to be way more, uh, uh, do a little more research. Um any closing I was thoughts? <laughs> no, I was surprised. I don't understand how I'm the bad guy in this situation <laughs> instead of my mom. Uh, <laughs> and, oh my God, there were like five or six other way more well-known movies that you had actually seen, so it would have been a rewatch. Again, this is all my mother's fault. This is not my fault. This is all mom's fault. That's that's my closing thoughts. Is it's mom's an, fault. Like an unknown gem. But and so. Mel Gibson is terrible. Yeah, but does look good in short shorts. Okay, but, but he's terrible. So yeah. this just just he was terrible early on. Yes, very true. He does look good in short shorts. And yeah, if you were person. yeah, yeah, he's a terrible person. Um and if I had known you when we were 12, maybe you would have gotten to see it early and maybe that <laughs> would have been helpful for you. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, it's not a good movie guys do not watch it don't don't do it somehow you've seen tim um yeah, please talk us to us at the next <laughs> podcast on facebook definitely do not rewatch it no it. <laughs> you, you know we as much as we appreciate any feedback we don't want to submit anybody to to that if they can avoid it um we're also on twitter or mostly fanny is at the next podcast um i'm not on twitter these days but you can hit fanny at at fanny v darling We will talk to you next week. Hang in there. Um, Take care of each other. Bye. Is that like, be careful out there? Are you like Hill Street Blues in it? (laughs) (laughs) And hey, let's be careful out there. I know. All these podcasts have a little Hey, Daniel J. Trevante. I know. (laughs)